What's up, Joes? Welcome to another episode of the Average Joes MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan and Ryan Dempsey back with you. Hi, buddy. How's it going, uh, sir? You know, it's uh, it's been a trying couple of days, that's for sure. Sad little sadness. We got we got a little Tom Petty in the intro. Yeah, that was the the coming can't even right the left field there yesterday, eh? Yeah, so, uh, like, I still haven't seen, as the family confirmed, like, I kind of... Uh, it was confirmed, like, just before midnight last night, I heard. Okay, I went to bed, like, 10.30 last night, and then uh, I didn't uh, didn't really look into it anymore this morning, because I really didn't want right. it to be confirmed, to be honest with you. Right. So I was I wasn't sure and I was too busy today to even really look and between you know, all the fake news and bullshit. Yeah. But see I uh you I mean I saw everything as it was happening there yesterday. Um uh, and then you know it says yeah, it happened and then you find out that it was actually Sunday he was rushed and right. it was a matter of time and then it was taken Carlin to into preschool today and put on the, the radio station they Said it was just before midnight last night. It was confirmed. So okay. See, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't really, I hadn't listened to the, I never listened to the radio, but didn't listen to the radio at all today. But for maybe five minutes when I was testing them out at work, and then uh, right. But so busy at work, fucking around with a goddamn furnace most of the day that I didn't even I was barely ever on Facebook. So I never, right, yeah, never got any confirmation on it. So I just was totally down to play some Tom Petty. Cause yeah, it was, it was a random one. Like I was, uh, I'm at work, and uh, just kind of finishing up my day, so I switched over from like the cafe rock music on the iPod, just turning on the, the classic rock radio station local here in Kitchener. Okay, and uh, I won't back down's playing. Yeah, and it's, and I'm not the biggest Tom Petty fan, but I lo- like his music. Just makes me happy. Yeah. So, uh, and it just happened that that's my favorite song. It just so happens it ties into Chris Weidman, which was kind of coming into the Chris Weidman bandwagon. It was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, something like that's kind of, I'm thinking like, that's kind of weird that like he, like, I was saying like, oh, he just wrapped up like that tour that no one talked about. Yeah, he and was I here not that long ago. Really about. Like, I was just, and I kind of just like thinking like how I don't really hear much about him anymore despite going on tour. He was doing, those guys go on tour. It's always talked about. Yeah. And sure enough, like, I'm like, I wonder what he's up to these days besides the touring. And the song ends and the DJ goes, yeah, Tom Petty dead at 66. I was like, what? that can't, no way. Like, that's just, just fucking mind blowing. Like, yeah, man, I, I found out yesterday cause I walked back into our service area to talk to my buddy Chuck about something. And Chuck's like, yeah, man, Tom Petty's dead. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Charles? And he's like, yeah, they just said it on the radio. And I was like, what? So I Googled it real quick, and that was before the family came out and was like, no, no, he's not dead yet, blah, blah, blah. But Right, yeah. Yeah, sure enough, man. So that sucks. I, love, I mean, I'm not, the, I'm not a huge Tom Petty fan. I'm not a diehard by any, by any stretch of the imagination, but I definitely love the guy's music, and he made great music. You know, songs like Won't Back Down and... and 
I mean, countless anything off a of damn the torpedo well, is they, really like don't do me like that and free falling like as like an, as annoying as the ending can be if you've heard that song like you know half a million times uh, where they just like repeat it like twenty five twenty six times like it's still when it comes on the radio you can't help but sing it like it's still like dude it's ingrained in you like no matter what you don't know how it feels man that's like one of my favorite songs in the nineties I love that song that har- the harmonica in it. Yeah, great. But <laughs> like a few months back, I was talking, I don't know if it was to you or if I talked about it on the show, but um, HBO had done this documentary series called The Defiant Ones about Dr. Dre and oh, yes, Jimmy Iovine. Yes. And Jimmy Iovine was was very uh, integral in the early days of Tom Petty. Uh, the the Dan the Torpedoes album. And I can't remember what the other one after that. I, my memory is failing me, but. Uh, Jimmy was the the producer and the engineer and stuff on those albums and like helped Tom write songs and like um you know song stop dragging my heart around he got that off that was like a Tom Petty song originally like it was a lot different than what it ended up being when when he got Stevie on it but it was just a song Tom had it wasn't going to be a hit he wasn't going to really even sure if it was going to make the album or not and Jimmy finally like, he was dating Stevie on the low at that point and was like, you know, hey, you know that song, Stop Dragging My Heart Around? Tom's like, yeah. He's like, well, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. He's like, well, why don't you let Stevie Nicks sing on it? <clears throat> and pff, there it was. That's it. I mean, that's that's what he did with uh, Jimmy's just a genius. Like, Jimmy was, I, he, uh, was he integral also in Bruce Springsteen? Yes. Yes, I was yeah, actually I, just going to bring that up. I couldn't remember if it was uh, Jimmy was inspired through bruce or or if he helped i I knew there were there was a connection he was the he was the engineers before he became a producer and stuff and it almost actually working with bruce almost broke him um but he was on uh uh, born to run he was the engineer for born to run okay i feel ashamed because i'm like i'm such a huge bruce Springsteen fan and like i don't know like the uh the minor details like i i can tell you so much about it but like of his early career like that's stuff that like no fan would probably think of knowing, but that name for some reason I, I just never oh, connected it to Bruce Springsteen for one reason or another. I never connected a lot of of names to Jimmy Iovine until I watched that because like I knew who Jimmy was because he ran Interscope Records and you know everybody that I was into in the '90s somehow, some way through some subgenre, a lot or most of them anyway were somehow connected to Interscope. Right. You know they snatched up. Nine Inch Nails. After oh yeah, I heard that story. That yeah. was a crazy one. Yeah, I got them off of TVT Records after Pretty Hate Machine. Um, before they became the you know the biggest band in the fucking world for a while. Uh, but you know he's worked with everybody from Stevie Nicks, Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, John Lennon, um, Lady Gaga, No Doubt, Dr. Dre, Snoop, you know, Tupac. Um, I'm trying to think of what Primus was on Interscope originally. They were like one of the first two bands signed oh, to really? Interscope. Yeah, yeah. Primus was an inner an early Interscope band, <clears throat> but you know he did the same thing like he did with Stevie Nicks. Before that, he did with um with Patty Smith and Scant not Scandal. Um, it was just Patty Smith. Um, where Bruce had wrote um, oh fuck, what's the name of the song now? Uh. I can hear it playing in my head, but I can't. We uh, because of the night, 
Yeah. That, that I didn't was, want to say it. Yeah, well, you should have. You could have saved me from sounding uh, like an idiot for five fucking minutes. But yeah, so Bruce <laughs> Bruce had that song, and he convinced, same way he did with Tom, just was kind of like, hey, you going to use a song? No, I'm probably not going to use a song. Well, what do you think if I give it to this band and blah, 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 blah. And boom, fucking hits. Jimmy makes hits, man. Makes have hits. You ever heard the, uh, have you ever heard the Bruce Springsteen album version of uh, Because Tonight? Um, like maybe just a little snippet of it during the documentary. Yeah, like so because like he would play it live. Okay. Uh, during the um, uh, oh crap, I'm losing it. Uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town when he re- went on that tour back in '77 and '78. Um, he would only play it live here and there, and he always said that he had um, he, he called it a, a promise to release all the B-sides that didn't make the Darkness of the Edge of Town album. Okay. And, and on the 30th anniversary, uh, he released this massive box set, and it had, like, like these 20 songs, double CD, and Because the Night was, like, was on that one. And that was the first time I've ever heard the album version of it. And it's it's cool because you can, you can hear the Patti Smith version, how, like, just raw she sounds on it. Yeah. And Bruce's version is very, you know, 70s, like, born to run Bruce Springsteen. So, like... It's so good, but it's like it's one of those songs like like you said like uh, like Jimmy knew the person to give it to. Well, he knew and it was she, a like, hit. He knew the song was yeah. a hit, and he gives it to the right artist too. Right, like, that's the thing. Like he knew exactly who should sing it. Because I would really like to hear the original version of uh, or Tom's version of of "Stop Dragging My Heart Around" because it sound according to Jimmy, it's a little bit different sounding than what okay. than what the album version ended up with Stevie. Um, just because Tom's singing the the whole main vocal instead of just you know parts of it oh, and, the, and the hook and right. stuff. So yeah, that but, that, that oh, yeah, like, that's got to be that's got to be hidden away somewhere. That's I would like to hear. Yeah. It. I really would, really would. So this one's for this one's for Tom. I know Tom was a a you know big fan of of marijuana. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put one in the air for Tom. Thanks for everything, Tom. Thanks for being an inspiration to a lot of kids and making great music. And, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't even know it, but watching King of the Hill, they heard Tom Petty every single Sunday. Yeah, for the later seasons. It was lucky. He played, he played lucky, yeah. So, I mean, nothing a lot of better, people don't have... Nothing better than a corn chip off the line, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, 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 a lot of people know him without actually even knowing the fact that they that they knew him in some way, shape, or form. Just yeah, like you know, there are so many songs out there that kids might listen to, and I say kids, I could mean like a thirty, twenty, doesn't matter. They know the song, they just don't know the artist. They just watch a cartoon, they hear a voice, they don't know that it's natural, like natural, like uh, artist or uh, just doing something on the side. But I mean, well, you. A lot of people are entertained by, by, well, not just him, but a lot of people are entertained by a lot of artists without even realizing it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, a lot of people have covered Tom Petty songs, too. Um, uh, American Girls been covered by, you know, tons of bands, and, like, uh, labels did those, I can't remember what label it was, but they used to do those Pop Goes Punk albums and stuff like that, and, uh, um, you know, covering old, old, 70s and 80s pop songs and then late into later decades and stuff obviously but uh i know i know i've heard cover versions of american girl i've heard a few different cover versions of free fall and 
Um, so, you know, you may not know it, but you knew a Tom Petty song for sure. And anybody close to our age range knows, you know, Last Dance with Mary Jane or Free Fallen or. I mean, there's actually a, one of the, my favorite stories about Tom Petty was uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers released Dan California back in 2006, I'm going to say. And the guitar riff that uh, John Frusciante plays, uh, everyone picked up right away that it sounds just like Last Dance of Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was brought to his attention, like, yo, I mean, they, it's like they, it, it sounds like they took your song and just kind of like altered the notes here or there. And, uh, and everyone was talking like, Oh, he's in a Sioux, He's in a Sioux," And he made like a public statement saying like, no, nah, man, if I, if I was able to influence them with my music and they were able to change it and work their own stuff to it, more power to them. That's awesome to them. Like I'm like, Tom was a cool motherfucker. That. Like they you know like, so like, not a lot of artists would have done that. Like they would have wanted no. royalties. So it'd be the fact that he said like, what he said and just like stood by them. Like as much as it pissed off a lot of artists because it made them look, uh, for lack of a better term, made them look petty. Yeah. <laughs> and it made him that much cooler in the eyes of a lot of musicians. Yeah. Especially a band like the Chili Peppers. Like, you know, those motherfuckers are rich. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> Even with the amount of money Anthony Kiedis has spent on heroin, yeah, yeah, like it's it's uh, it's well, I mean, since since really Lemmy's passing in uh, December 2015, it's just been a rough uh, it's been a rough ride for uh, for musicians like like influential man like you can go all the way back to the summer that Michael Jackson and fucking Whitney Houston died. Yeah, that's yeah. 2010, I think it was summer 2010. 10, 2009. Just, I was gonna say 2009, but it could be 2010. No, yeah. it's probably 2009. I don't remember. I it's been a while for Michael Jackson. though, definitely like yeah, Michael. I mean, that was there was a lot of deaths that same summer too. But yeah, well, yeah, like I said, this one's for Tom. Thanks for drinks for all the timeless classics. And like, and like like we said there yes uh, earlier today when you said you know my my week to pick the music, all I could do is all I could think was like you know we're doing an MMA show, and I want to somehow tie Tom Petty in. What better you know you got Chris Weidman's walkout music, so you can tie MMA to rock and roll and uh, honor a legend and and keep the MMA ties. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you pick for tomorrow night. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, That's the fun responsibilities of doing two shows a week now is you got to come up with. Songs. You know what's fu- you know the funniest thing is too is like I've been like most of the time like I get one artist in my head so I just go back to back. You can go back to back. To- I don't give a shit. But it's like but it's, but it's funny because like I'm just trying to think like I don't want to just be like always have the same one, but I want to like oh don't always stick want to stick to rock. I want to do like other things too. Like you know, as of one time these these uh, these lovely Joes hit play and all of a sudden they're like Beethoven starting off the show. They're like what the fuck are they doing this week? I mean, you know, we've done weirder things, I guess. Not really, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's why they still listen to us. <laughs> I try to be creative with my picks, uh, but I don't know. I listen to what I listen to. I've been, I've been on a fucking Kendrick Lamar kick. I finally have, like, gotten into Kendrick Lamar. I'm super, like, I, 
I've respected him as an artist. I was talking, me and Raph were talking about this uh, when he was on the Sunday session. Like I, right. I've always respected Kendrick as an artist, but I'm the type of person that the more somebody tries to shove something down my throat and tell me how great it is, the more yeah. I'm like, me, I'm not good. And like a lot of the earlier stuff I listened to Kendrick, just I couldn't connect with, but I don't know. I've been listening to the, that damn album the last like couple of days. Well, when, uh, a couple of years back when um, he was performing at the Grammys, and I think what I I don't listen to him enough to know the title, but I think it was like Butterfly or To Pimp a Butterfly. That was his album yeah, so I, a couple of years back. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was, I guess, he was nominated for that, and I think he won uh, a couple awards for that album. Yeah, uh, I'm but he, sure he did. And I think that was like, I mean, he's been around for a, I know a long time, probably at this point. Uh... Uh, or maybe, six, like, about six, seven years, give or take. Oh, okay. so yeah, or so 2012 maybe I think. 2012. That was like my first, my first introduction to him would have been that live performance. And I haven't really checked him out that much, but I was still like really impressed. Like, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not necessarily like, the biggest hip hop rap guy. I do I like it? But I like more like the older stuff than the newer stuff. So when I hear something that kind of catches my ear, t- in like today's. Uh, in today's uh today's scene yeah yeah i i to me it it definitely it it means something to me if i can get into it there's a lot of it i can't yeah he's uh i mean like i said i've always i've always respected kendrick as an artist and and thought he was talented i just i don't know i couldn't get into his music but he's got he's got bars man bars (laughs) no he actually does have bars i'll give him that like kendrick can actually rap but yeah bars Fucking goddamn! That will never, fucking never, ever get old to me. I love that kid to death. Jesus, oh, I wanted to choke the living shit out of him that day. I still say I should have just kicked him out of the car, driven about 10, 20 feet, stopped, and let him to say, "Oh, Uncle just picking back up," and just throw the CD out and drive off again. If <laughs> it would have been a CD, I would have just thrown it out. It was he was playing it on my Bluetooth speaker off of his phone. Oh, that's a- and I'm not uh, going to throw his iPhone out my window. He'll right. fucking... It, it, dude, I mean, in real talk, it won't be more than f- <laughs> five, six years before he's going to be able to kick my ass. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's... he's is, this, is this the one that plays football? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I mean, I'm getting old as fuck, so there's only going to be a point where... Ah, no, no, I'll always be able to kick his ass. I know how to wrestle, and he doesn't. <laughs> 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 I always got that one up on him. Couldn't get him into wrestling. I tried. Get into any formation he wants to. Oh, man. I tried so hard to get that kid into wrestling. It's in his DNA. He's got it from me and his – my sister's dad was, like, a really good wrestler, like, fucking collegiate. Um, like, he wrestled in junior college and stuff, was a national placer. Um, So he's got the fucking wrestling in his DNA, but we just never could get him into it. Fucking sissy. <laughs> fucking basketball player. Hey, who knows? Maybe he can just get that one lucrative NFL deal and just retire from the sunset with like no or little to no CTE and just take care of all you guys. That'd be great. I'm just gonna be happy if he can get into college. He's got accepted. In, well, not accepted. He got accepted into a couple of early recruitment programs last year. He was in Michigan State's. Nice. Yeah, he was in Michigan State's early recruitment last year as a freshman. So. The old uh, the old khaki there in Ann Arbor didn't want a piece of him. 
It's, I mean, it's still early there. There's one of his assistant coaches and tight ends coach and stuff is an MSU alumni. So I'm pretty oh, sure that kind of is how he got into the program. Was I mean, just got noticed as a freshman, but right. I mean, he's, okay. he's doing well enough between being a punter and <laughs> and a tight end that hopefully it'll get him somewhere. But he would. I don't. If it was like the only offer if, to go to Ann Arbor, he'd probably would take it. But he's a fucking Spartan. It's my kid. Yeah, it's my nephew. It's my blood. We're we, we fucking ble- we bleed green and white. I, 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 I was hoping if I could bring up uh, Michigan, I could maybe get into your skit, but you're just like, no, nah, 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 we know, we know. I mean, I, I, if, if if the University of Michigan was and offered him a scholarship at Michigan State didn't, and he turned it down, I'd probably smack him. Right. Yeah, it's like one of those things. Like, like uh, if if a, if a major school is offering you anything, yeah, any major anything, school, anything, anything that you can do to to help yourself, I mean. Allegiances sometimes have to be uh, put aside. Once, yep. But I mean, especially hey, when uh, you get a... especially when your future's uh, uh, on the line. Yep. I told him, boy, you get a D one offer, you take it. I don't care where it is. So... And then he's gonna be, you know, be all successful. <clears throat> you know, he'll be drafted by the uh, by the LA Rams, and he'll claim to have never lived in the state of Michigan. Never. He'll never do that. He's not like the guy that's fighting on Saturday. Dude, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Oh man, I had to bite my tongue so hard today from not like the one one of the times that I was on Facebook, and we'll talk about it during the fight breakdown. Right, but oh, I had to bite my tongue. But I was I just I I was like not worth it. It's not worth the seventy five comments and the arguments you're gonna get in. Just let it go. (laughs) Just let it go. So, um. We're going to do our fight breakdown this week instead of Thursday because, number one, we're not recording on Thursday. I'm going to see Brother Ali, so we're going to record our second episode tomorrow. And since it's going to be another topic discussion, and Ryan and I really haven't <laughs> haven't nailed down which one, but I think we're going to go with the one that you suggested because I like it. Um, we don't we haven't nailed I down our topic. I threw that one out to you there last night, and I was trying to like just rag my brain on anything else I could think of. And then I started focusing on the one I threw out to you, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, just gotta figure if I'm throwing this one out there, I gotta have it like down pat. I've been rocking my brain. I I feel like I may have screwed myself over with this one because I can't like, I feel like I'm gonna be like a top fifteen by the time it's all said and done. It's so crazy. It's hard, man. It's hard. I went through this. I got maybe like three that are ironclad. But then I have like four A, four B, four C, five A, five B, five C. Like I don't know how to like what like I'm, I feel like I need like three weeks to watch a bunch of stuff <laughs> to actually figure out what I want to go with. <laughs> when we did, I think it was it was either the knockouts or submissions one. I had ten. I couldn't narrow it down to five, and I was just gonna go with ten. And fucking Dave flipped shit. He got so mad. Yeah, and, then, and then when we did the music one, he had to, he had his top five, and then he threw like six or seven honorable mentions just yeah. because he couldn't. So he couldn't decipher which ones to pull out after all that. Oh yeah, I brought that up <laughs> afterwards, but he got so mad at me about that. Like, 
Oh, oh, dude, he flipped shit. It was me, him, and Everett. It was, you know, it was like second or third episode or something. Maybe it was early. Right. It was right. early into the early into things, and yeah, he just flipped the fuck out. <clears throat> He's like, "You got to narrow it down to five. I was like, "Dude, I can't narrow it down to five. This is really hard." I think it was knockouts. And he's like, I don't care. Narrow it down to five. And I was like, fuck it. I'm doing six. So I just, just because? Just because. <laughs> yep, I did six. Before uh, before we get on to the, the topics for tonight, or the, the brain for tonight, I just want to say, I thought I had my favorite submission of all time, like lock, stock, and like, done. Couldn't be beaten. Yeah, I know where the, this is going. All the Jericho. The fucking the Boston <laughs> Crab, sir. Don't you, uh, that's the... That's the Boston crab. <laughs> Jericho turned that into the walls of Jericho, though. You, walls of Jericho used to be higher up, and now he's moved it down. Listen to me. That's because he's old. Uh, the walls were standing, and they were no, much higher. That, yeah, definitely. That's the way. It's, but it's, it's yeah, the Boston bo- crab. It is Boston crab. That is the the model Rick Martel's finish, sir. You show some respect. Right. Show you city or you show some respect <laughs> to the model Rick Martel. You actually able to point at me as you say yeah. that? Yeah, I like being able to look you in the eye when I scold you. It makes me feel better. <laughs> I had way too much fun with that last week when I got to finally flip you off. <laughs> so it's, it's, fuck it, new rule. We're just doing the show face to face now, sir. It's just the way uh-huh. it goes. I'm loving it. What do you uh. think? You ready to talk about some fights? Let's get on, yeah, for sure. It's All the, right, on card this weekend. Yes, Saturday night UFC two sixteen from Las Vegas, Nevada. The main event is going to be an interim title fight between the Michigan native, the Motown phenom Kevin Lee, and some guy from fucking California. <laughs> yeah, El Kakui and Kevin Lee fighting for the interim title. Two Michigan. <laughs> Two Michigan guys. Turgeson? What's that? Phony Turgeson? Is that Phony, the guy's name? Phony Turgeson. <laughs> 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 no. No. But, you know, two Michigan guys fighting for the title. Why this fight is not in Detroit is beyond me, beyond Eric, beyond Ken, beyond anybody else from Michigan within reason. But, you know, maybe it's just because. Tony doesn't claim to be from Michigan. I I don't know. I don't know. You know, I still put this one on John Jones. That the UFC was trying so hard to get John Jones and Stipe for Detroit this year. They could line this one up for Vegas, and then John Jones threw everything in. Uh, this could have been the that. co-main event in Detroit. Give me two title yeah, fights. Regardless, yeah, this definitely this fight one way or another should have been in Detroit. But yeah, yeah. I mean, especially you're you're coming into the brand new arena. What is a better way than to sell out that brand new arena than with the hometown kid and the kid from the other side of the state, even though he's really from California, according to him? Three, you know, his whole family and all these fucking idiots in Muskegon that think Tony is God driving their asses across state for this fucking fight. Yeah. And the Grand Rapids ties. You got all of West Michigan coming. Yeah. Oh, this like this would have been so because I mean when you think about when they go to to Montreal, they try to get not just necessarily Canadian fighters, but but like French Canadian in some way. George, if they go to, 
if they go to Ireland, they try to get to my. They go to Amsterdam. They try to get to Dutch. They go to to, to China. Yeah, they they always try to have a good strong connection. And like we were talking about uh, before I hit record, you're going to Detroit in two months, and yeah. you have three guys from was it Grand Valley State? You said. Yeah, yeah. There's there's three yeah, fighters. Three, that three are... wrestlers based out of out of Michigan. Three on this one. Three wrestlers. Like how, Yes, yeah, that's what I said. Oh, I thought you said two. I'm sorry, I misheard you. Oh, yeah. Sounded like you said two. Oh, uh, maybe I did, but no, yeah, like the yeah, you, got, you have three guys with with good strong connections to the state of Michigan, and you're putting them on a card in two Las Vegas months too soon. Like, the, like that's where it starts to get like what like, and the Detroit card might be coming up or it might be coming together nicely, but still, it could have had a much stronger uh, Michigan feel to it. And that's and that's that's the weird thing is that that's what they go for all the time. Yeah, well, especially I mean, even even if you kept Cody uh, Stamen on this card, fine, whatever. But the just uh, the the Kevin and Tony fight doesn't make sense to me to not be in Michigan. It just doesn't. I mean, especially if you're going to headline it in Vegas, why not headline it in Detroit then? That that's the part yeah. that makes the least amount of sense. Like if it was the co-main event. Uh, which I, I honestly believe that Johnson and Borg should be the, still the main event just because of the significance of, and the fact that it's a real title and not the interim, but this fight right, was booked right. before the fight for Borg and Johnson got canceled. So I understand it. I get it, but whatever. Just, it's weird that the interim title is, is headlining the card. But, and they've done it before too, where a fight may have been set as main event, but then, got bumped around they, they've done things like this before well, yeah. so it's like, look at 200 I, like, Brock was gonna... said, go ahead sorry, i'm sorry no, i was gonna say like uh what you had pointed out last week it's it almost seems that it's just the ufc can't trust borg but like, so what like you can't if you have borg johnson main event Borg misses weight fights off and you just move to coming like it's not like it's a big deal like you can right. still now if borg misses weight and the fight can't happen for whatever reason you now it's just the coming that loses like now you got to move, like shuffle up the prelim cards a lot more. Like it's just, nope. I mean, I I feel like losing the co-main in in a sense hurts a lot more than hurting the main event, just because there's two titles on the line. Right. And all I was gonna say was like to your point about cards getting shuffled around. Look at I was just give two hundred as an example. You know that got shuffled three times because well twice it was when John John and DC dropped. It right. became immediately became Brock and Hunt and then right before Dana was like, Yeah, I gotta give the girls, you know, give Misha her Oh, that's right. That's right. Her you know, her just due and then she got choked <clears throat> out. So Yeah, like they like I think when the news broke I think we had talked about it off and on about the main event in Detroit and then this fight coming together and what was all gonna happen with it. And you, I mean, you were both so sure that it was going to happen in Detroit. And then when it broke that it was going to be in Vegas, the first, I remember like, I messaged you right away. I'm like, well, it's Vegas. Like, make, this makes no sense. And then I remember you nah. <laughs> like ranting about how pissed off you we were back then. I mean, ah, but, yeah. but, but it makes sense because it, not having this one in Detroit just makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. But nothing we can do about it now. So here we are. Tony's yep. finally getting his title shot that he's been screaming and crying for for 
I mean, right and rightfully, I keep saying crying, but he has been calling for it, and in some aspects, he does deserve it. He's on a you know seven, eight, eight fight winning streak. Um, I just I don't necessarily think with with Connor talking about you know them trying to figure out a fight for Connor to come back, the interim title just doesn't make any sense to me at this point. It, it's it. This is really reminding me a lot of the middleweight division especially when they're already talking the possibility of Connor Diaz three, regardless if it happens or not. Right. The fact that they're talking about it also for St. Patrick's day, they're talking about it for the end of the year card. They're talking about it for it's going to, and it's going to be for the title. So now just like the middleweight division, you're going to have an interim title and then you're going to have the undisputed champion defending it, the title before unifying it with the, like it's just like, this is another can of worms that the UFC has created. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. But yeah, it is what it is. So we'll figure out where Tony's on a nine fight winning streak, by the way. Um we'll figure out what happens after this fight and who's gonna fight who. You know, Tony's obviously gonna be start screaming if he wins, you know, defender vacate. Yeah. Kevin Kevin, so, yeah, go on. Kevin would be smart enough to just kind of ride it out, I think, because he gets yeah. he gets it, and he yeah, know Ferguson he knows the payday. Ferguson wants that silver belt to turn gold. Uh huh. That's all he wants, and like what you know what I mean. There have been guys who've been interim interim champion, like like Shane Carwin. You know, he he won the interim heavyweight title, he lost to Lesnar, whatever. He still had like like he. People still recognize him as a champion. But then there are those guys that they get the interim title and it's just not good enough. It has to be the undisputed. But for whatever reason, like, they just need that validation. Yeah. And then they run into that buzzsaw and they never get back up. Yep. Yeah. So. And I'll I'll talk about after we give our predictions about the the predicament that I foresee this becoming and how annoyed I'm going to get with it really quickly. Um, the way I see it pulling going down, uh, as much as I would love for this to happen for Kevin, and as much as I'm pulling personally for Kevin to win the fight, just uh, out of spite, I guess, and right. uh, and dislike, I I do think technically Tony is the better fighter. Kevin hasn't been in as many fights with top-notch fighters like right. tony has i i don't know i i do give some of the the on the feet edge to kevin but not a lot and he might might be a better wrestler than tony i mean tony's a really good wrestler so but once it gets past the wrestling, when it goes into the jujitsu, one hundred percent give the edge to Tony there. So, and Tony's got an eighty-one percent takedown defense. So there's that. Um, their submission average is about the same, but I, I think Tony's gonna win this one. I think we're gonna. I think Tony's gonna walk away with the the interim title. Probably with a Darce, maybe maybe he'll get his back. I don't see him finishing him on the feet. 
um, you know, outside of the RDA fight, really lately, I think that's, and I think I said this to Raphael, I think the striking has kind of been his heel. Like it's not not been a strongest suit up right. outside of RDA. He looked pretty good. Um, he did have uh, uh, Randy Patino, a buddy of the shows, on there or on the in his camp with him, and I think Randy's with him actually <laughs> now. So we'll see if that continues the improvement in his striking or not. Um, and I know he's been working at Black House a little bit too with uh, with Ray Sefo and stuff. I just I think Tony is is just at a, at a different level than Kevin is at the moment. I think Kevin will get there. Kevin's a really talented fighter. Uh, I've been a fan of Kevin's <laughs> for a while. You know, um, after hearing about him on Way of the Warrior and looking up his fights on YouTube and stuff. And following his his early uh, pro career before he signed into the UFC. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh shit, that snuck up on me. Um, <laughs> as much as I want this moment for Kevin, and I will be ecstatic if he wins it. Uh, I just I don't think he's quite ready for this level of competition against Tony in this stage. There you go, Ryan. Yeah, um, <clears throat> not really. Surprising to anyone, like I always put with my heart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As like, it doesn't like you know. They say your gut instinct, your heart. You got to ride with it, just because usually you're going to be right. I mean, the, the picks me nothing. If I was gambling, I probably would look into things a little deeper off and on. But uh, yeah, like I followed Kevin, like you, uh, hearing about him through uh, Way of the Warrior with Sean Duzay, friend of the show. Um, and that's I started following him, going back to his. Um, was it UFC 149 debut against uh, maybe maybe uh, later than that against uh, Ally Quinto when he lost on decision? I can tell you here in just one minute. Uh, 169. Okay. So you weren't too. Oh, far 69. Off. Okay. Close. Yeah. Enough. So watch, watching the watching his debut there, I uh, that was my first exposure to him, and I've been high on him ever since. Uh, yeah, you know, I got. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't know how he would do going the later rounds because we've seen uh, Tony go to the the fifth round with RDA, uh, but we, ha- but I don't think Kevin's. I think his only five round fight scheduled was against Iaquinta, and that was the first round finish. Right? This is only his second. I think Kiesa. Or Kiesa, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, that, yeah. So and that was so we really didn't get to see much of his gas tank um, in that fight. So no, and he's only he went to went to the decision in his first four fights, and then won two in a row by stoppage, submission, and oh, a loss. I'm sorry, lost lost to, lost to KO. Oops. Yeah, lost to Santos as KO submitted Muntasseri. And then since has peeled off five in a row, only going to the decision against Efren Escudero. Yeah, <clears throat> like I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think that Kevin's gonna have to finish it early off. Yeah. Just, just I don't know if he wants to try to go to the deep waters with a guy who's definitely been in a five round fight because training for it and actually going through it are two different things. Right. So. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say he's gonna he's got to stop. I'm gonna say TKO second round, um, 
just catch him with something, maybe finish it quick on the ground, just uh, with punches. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like I gotta, I just gotta have my heart. Like if Tony wins, definitely would not be surprised because as much as I've never been a fan of him because you know there's 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 like Chael Sonnen and Conor McGregor cocky, but then I don't know there's something about Tony's cocky that just it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, and then and then knowing things about him through you, it rubbed for Bruce kind of, over Doom the wrong way the other of, day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but like knowing things like through you has kind of like painted him in a. I mean, who knows? Kevin could be a complete dick in my life. You know what I mean? And that could, I just don't know because there's no. But just seeing what I've seen with with Tony, like it just uh, and knowing things through you. I just don't want to see him with a belt around his waist. I just can't. I, I just feel like it's just going to be like just the overinflated ego that just gets finished the next round and just keeps on whining about something or other. Like, I want to see Kevin go in there, clean finish, take that belt. And I mean, another reason why I'm actually think like, why I want to see him win is he came out saying how the UFC hasn't had a lot of fighters making platforms and I don't want to get political. But the fact that he wants to, he says, if I can get that belt around my waist, people will start to listen to me. And I think that's important because there needs to be, I think, I mean, in the state of this world, there needs to be a lot of voices being told what's going on. And if Kevin Lee can get that belt and if he can actually not just complain about, oh, I want McGregor to be stripped because of this or that, like you said, but could potentially be with Ferguson... He, the fact that he's coming out and saying he wants to actually try to make a difference to this world, and that belt is what's going to get the cameras on him, I think that's also another reason why I still want to see him win. Yeah, and I would love it. I would love to see Kevin win. I just, I, I just don't see it happening right now. As much as I want it, and as much as I'll be stoked if it does. I mean, twenty-four. He's really young, so he, he can take this loss. Oh and yeah, it's only a, it'll be only his third years, loss in his career. Three years, three years down the road, he could be unstoppable and have that belt on his waist. Like there's still a lot of time and a lot of fight left in him. Oh, for sure. So absolutely. So here's where the the, the problem comes into play <laughs> because, like I said, Tony's going to start demanding vacate. Defender vacate for defend. I mean, he's already screaming it all the time, and he's not even champion yet. He's been screaming it on Twitter for months. Um, this is where I'm going to see, and every person I know in town who is a fan of Tony's talking about how Connor's scared of Tony and he's ducking Tony. And, oh yeah. Oh, man, my patience is gonna run out real quick. <laughs> I can already see the headline in the Muskegon newspaper. <laughs> yeah, my patience is gonna run out real quick, and it's gonna—I'm gonna say something, and it's gonna turn into a thing. I'm gonna end up in a Facebook fight with somebody because they're gonna get butt hurt when I break down <laughs> about how your boy don't fucking provide no money in his pocket, so he can wait his turn to fight him until after he gets it's, his money you know i gotta say like hearing you talk about all those people from muskegon who love him because he's from there i'm surprised that people aren't as the, their eyes aren't open like yours to every time he talks about i'm from cali i'm from cali oh, the diaz have nothing i'm cali i'm like to me like 
I'm not, I have no ties to the United States, to Michigan, to Muskegon, none at all. It annoys me <laughs> the fact that everything about him, if you look at any of his like uh, profiles, it's Michigan, 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 Michigan. And all he talks about is Cali life, the Cali life, the Cali, Cali, Cali. Like, 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 it's, like that's I don't cool. People don't get pissed off. People are stupid because they think eventually, at some point, he's gonna be, he's gonna shout out their hometown, and then they got something to look at shiny. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be like this for him because I like the, I've said many times, this is a dude I knew for a long time. I want success for him, but he's changed into such a fucking douchebag. It's just, it's so off-putting. That that little bit of success, you know, I mean, I remember when he was on um, Dolphin Fighter (laughs) and I had started watching that season, the uh, JDS Lesnar season, but I, uh, I think about midway through the season, I just uh, was when we actually had moved and we just didn't have cable, so I couldn't catch it. So I was whatever. And I remember getting the the first fight that I saw, like, well, after they got cable and everything, that was actually the Ultimate Fighter finale. Okay. And it was uh, Ramsey and Tony. And I remember everyone on social media. Like regard like, and this isn't like people from Muskegon. This is just like right. regular. This is regular like people from Montreal, people from Ireland, people from Toronto. Like this is like everyone from like all over the world that like that I know, saying, "I hope Tony loses because he's so fucking arrogant and so this and so like people just didn't like his attitude." Regardless, and when he won, so many people were pissed off, and I was actually happy because he was a Michigan guy. Yeah, and I like to, and just growing up in Windsor, I like to see the state of Michigan succeed. Right. So, so I was like, oh, why is everyone so pissed off? He can't be like, he can't be that bad of a guy. And then, like you've experienced, obviously, like I've experienced it to a lesser degree, but like seeing what he has become. Yeah, and I'm not gonna say Tony, you know, was like super humble and all that before, because he he's always been kind of cocky because he's always been a really good athlete. You know, he was on a state championship football team that he got recruited to uh, Catholic high school to wrestle. And, you know, they buy their players. Because <laughs> that's what you can do in the state of Michigan. You can buy your players when it's a private school. But anyway, you know, he was a, a state champion wrestler and a multiple-time state placer. So, like, he was, he was always really good, and it was always kind of had, like, that cocky arrogance thing about him. But he still always had, like, a really – humble nature to himself like like tony was really confident and cocky in what he could do but when you sat and talked with him he wasn't always like an arrogant douche now it's just like he's always got to be on 10 for the cameras and shit right you know and well he's following that conor mcgregor i mean conor mcgregor obviously followed he wants to be the rock that's what he wants he wants to be the rock that's what i'm saying like like, watching him now like like i mean everyone steals something like everyone steals a persona to promote themselves. I get it. Football players do it. Fighters do it. Baseball. Players, it doesn't matter the sport. It helps get you on camera. It helps you get noticed. But to see him all of a sudden like walking out in these suits and that, just like months after Connor started doing it, it kind of just kind of smelt really fishy. Like, well, I mean, and it even started because I remember. 
this is back. I mean, it was less than a year into doing the show for sure. Um, I don't remember what he was doing in an interview for, but he was being interviewed by Ariel. And it was like the first time he was doing an interview and he, that he, he left his sun, like he had his sunglasses on and he was doing the pull him down by his nose thing. Like oh just straight God, up. No. The, yeah. Straight up the rock. And like, I brought it up to Eric. I said something to Eric about it. I was like, I was like, come on, dude, you, you can't possibly buy into this shit. Like, you know what this dude's like, you know what he really is like, just like I do. Right. But Eric was, you know, he was all on board for it. So whatever that was, that was like, that was the beginning of kind of the turning point with me was like that interview right there. So, I'm well, and you can, and you, I mean, and I know I've been bringing it up, I've been the name up a lot, but it's funny when you see a guy who dresses well, he's cocky, he's arrogant, and all that stuff with Conor McGregor, but people get drawn to him. Because he does it in a certain way. Some people do. Really, there's there's a lot of people yeah, that hate Conor. Really well, there's definitely yeah, but I mean, but with, with Tony Ferguson, I don't really see a lot of people excited to see a Tony Ferguson fight as they are to see like like Conor McGregor. People want to see him win or lose, but Tony Ferguson does this the his shtick, and people just oh okay. Like, well, they, they, I don't know. They the, seem to buy into him. The thing is, though, is like. Connor, even before he was anything in the UFC, he came in a, as a two-time or a two. Um, oh yeah, two division champion. Two division champion over in. Uh, um, oh fuck! What is it? Cage Warriors over in Cage Warriors. So yes. I mean, he already had an entire country behind him before he ever set set foot in a UFC cage. He was already, uh, you know, a big deal in Ireland. Right. So when you have that international appeal anyway behind you, and then you start becoming successful in the UFC, you know, Tony's got an entire or a good had a good portion of a state, you know, and still I guess still does. I'm probably in the the minority of people that don't root for him in this in this city especially, but um. It's it's a lot different when you got a small number of people behind you, outside of just coming in with a nation behind you. That's that's where you can kind of already have the buildings of that arrogance, I guess, or whatever. It can build off of that because you know you've got that fan base behind you. Now you can either just build up the rest of it to love you or hate you. Either way, it's right. a positive. <clears throat> it's a positive thing for you because you're polarizing. Yeah, but I mean. I don't know. I It'll just see what happens. I, I, mean, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to wake up Sunday morning, and I'm going to see some of the same idiots that I had to bite my tongue on today, talking about how great and Tony Ferguson's God and Conor McGregor needs to grow a pair hope, of balls and just I fight him. Your, I hope for your sake, it's not like a, a 48-47 split decision Kevin Lee wins. Oh God. Because what you would have to go through, I can only imagine. <laughs> nope. I, I that I'll ignore. That I won't even care. It's whatever. Like but it's just I'm so tired of of seeing stupid people telling me how Tony is God and Connor's afraid of him because I don't think Tony can handle a power shot from Connor. Don't yeah. don't just don't. 
His striking Con- is not that good anymore. And Connor's style is so unique that it it catches a lot. Jose Aldo, uh, Eddie Alvarez, guys who are phenomenal boxers, Boop, lights can't out. handle a certain standal or a, a certain style. Sorry, and, I and don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think Tony's chin can handle it. That's why I'm, that's 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 the one thing I'm hoping for is that Kevin can just kind of catch him with that one shot that just kind of puts him on uh, on uh, Crazy Street. And then uh, is able to capitalize. Just to get, just get that, just land that one. It's all it takes. So it, would that's, be, that's, it would be nice. That's for sure. That's, never give up hope. We're we're almost an hour into this show, and we've talked about one fight. <laughs> and music. And music. It's true. We spent music. Yeah. So I got Tony. You got Kevin. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm going to be really sad Sunday. My fantasy team better not suck because I'm going to need to pick me up. Uh, in the co-main event, to finally, if Ray Borg makes it onto the scale, it'll be a miracle. Uh, but Demetrius Johnson's finally going to get the opportunity to break the record. Uh, we already talked about this fight a month ago. Yeah. Mighty no, I don't think anything for you. Oh fuck no! Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, like we just talked about, you know, with uh, Tony and 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 uh, Tony and Kevin, just takes that one shot. I, regardless what happens, I don't see Ray Bork. I still don't see him getting that chance to land that one shot against Mighty Mouse. And no, I think we'll see and still. And well, you'll see and new because it'll be and new record holder. Yeah, I don't. I, That's about it. Until I know Friday night that Ray Borg has made weight, I don't even believe this fight's gonna happen. So there you go, hot take. Third fight of the card, number two for Bricey over Doom taking on the Black Beast, number six Derek Lewis. Oh, Derek Lewis getting thrust into the spotlight of a big fight with Fabricio. He's coming off I mean, we've we've seen his gas tank in the Roy Nelson fight. Uh, The oh, I can't think of the. I I, even if I looked his name up, I wouldn't be able to say it. Um, I'm gonna say Abdul or something. It had a crazy last name, but it was uh, it was the main event. It was a five rounder. I think he yeah. Oh, the Russian guy, um, Abdurrahmanov. Okay, yeah, like, or something I mean, like that. Seen, yeah, and then we've seen, and then we see the performance against Shamil. Um and um, Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt was fighting Travis Brown. Yeah, I mean, like these, his gas tank. If he goes into the third round against Verdum, it's over. Verdum's gonna tap him in no time. I like. I don't think like, he's got to get in there and basically the Travis Brown fight. He's got to land a shot early and just keep it going and hope that he finishes him. Because if it starts getting deep, uh, Fabricio's, you know, drag him, take him into guard, play with him for a bit, and then just uh, send him to Night Nightville. Yeah, I think Fabricio's gonna tap him. Unfortunately, I would love to see the beast. You know, pull off the big upset, but yeah, I don't think so. The other thing for for Derek Lewis that just kind of scares me, and I've mentioned this before, is bringing up that 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 dreaded R word. You know, retirement. 
You mentioned the retirement thing before. I don't know if he got married or if he's still in the process. Of, I think he got I, married. Because uh, I know that that was one of the reasons why he was retiring was was marriage related. But the second that you that you see these guys talk about it, like we've seen it with Ronda, we've seen it with Misha, we've seen them a lot of times they, when when big name fighters or not even big name fighters, but just like any fighter talk about retirement or nearing the end or anything like that. It just seems like they're like they're like they don't they're not focused the right way. No, once you start talking about retirement, your head's somewhere else. It's it's yeah, a wrap. and and that yeah. So I, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, Derek Lewis can get that shocking win and stir that heavyweight division up a little bit more. But I highly, highly doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. I would love to see it, but Fabricio is he's a tough dude. Tough dude. Yeah. Uh, second fight of the main card featuring two unknown fighters uh, in the 125-pound division. Mara Romero Barella taking on Calindra Ferreira. Uh, Barella from Italy. Ferreira from Brazil. Um, I don't know if they fought in Invicta because there's nothing in their fights. They have uh, <laughs> here's they have a picture. Or is it a shadow? Shadows and here's here's Kalindra uh, Ferreira. Here's her biography. It says thoughts on opponents. Or uh, no, I'm sorry. This is uh, this is Barella's biography. Thoughts on opponent Kalindra Ferreira. She has a lot of experience and is a tough opponent. When did you and why did you start training? Uh, for fighting five years ago because a friend introduced me to the different form of martial arts. Oh, she uh, she held the Combat League 135 title. Do you have any heroes? No. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> you don't usually hear that. Right. I mean, I don't know if, you, don't know if you're trying to like just be the outlier and don't want to say that Ronda or Misha or Cyborg or... Uh, even like, I don't even care if it's Hoist Gracie. Like, like there's someone in martial arts that inspired you to like continue on your path. Like, there's got to be some name out there. Right. So she's coming. Uh, Barella has been pro since 2014. She's the first Italian woman to compete in the UFC. She's on a six-fight unbeaten streak with a five and zero with one no contest. She's got three wins by KO, four by submission, four arm bars. Uh, four first round finishes, and she's coming off a July win over UFC <laughs> vet uh, Milana Dudvia, Dudvia, uh, in an Invicta bout. So she's coming from Invicta, and um, Kalindra is a Titan FC champion. Um. She has been pro since 2009. She's got seven wins by KO and five by submission and four arm bars and an RNC. She has seven first-round finishes. She's on a three-fight win streak. She's won a three-fight series with uh, Karina Dam and has faced Claudia Gadelia, uh, Karolina Kovacevic, and Jessica Aguilar. And I am... I'm gonna forget. Is this the one that we talked about before? That uh, before he recorded. Is this the one that was gonna have KGB, or was that? 
I think this was the one. Faria. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Far Faria was supposed to fight. Uh, was supposed to fight Lee. Okay. Yeah. Before all that stuff happened. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so Barella's coming up on short notice. So we'll see what happens with that one. And uh, your opening fight of the main event is number twelve Benil Dariush and number fourteen Evan Dunham. This uh, is a tough day. Yeah. Dariush coming off of a loss to Edson Barboza. Yeah. Brutal knee. Ooh. And that was, uh, that wasn't even a year ago. Uh, Before that, he was on a two-fight win streak. And I need to get a better mouse. Mine fucking sucks. Evan's been around for... For years now, he's over there like no ten plus years at this point. It feels like Dunham has been there since two thousand and nine. Okay, and that's a little win streak going on for him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, pretty. I mean, Actually, both these guys, both of these guys, last losses to Barbosa too. Yeah. Yeah, he Dunham lost to Barboza back in two thousand and four by KO. But since then he has beaten Rodrigo Dam, Ross Pearson, Joe Lozon, and Rick Glenn. Ooh. I'm gonna take uh Darius uh decision. Yeah, he's I think Darius can uh, can grind this one out, kinda get back on the on the winning ways. I'm gonna go with Dunham by decision. There you go. Uh, the main fight of the prelims is going to be the second fight in the UFC for the fire kid, Tom Dukenois. <clears throat> Tom Dukenois? Uh, come on, say it. <laughs> say it. Uh, I think uh, with the accent, you would say uh, Tom Dukenois. Good. But I was uh, very, per- uh, very impressed with your performance there. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, been been high on on Tom Dukenois for a minute. Ready was excited when he was coming in from Bama. Uh, he's going to be taking hey, you on. Yeah, well, I mean, I that just got lucky. You know, you listening to Severe man, they talked about him a lot, and I started watching a bunch of his fights. Thanks to Severe for introducing me to international MMA that I normally wouldn't know about. But thanks, uh, Severe. What's that? Yeah, thanks, thanks Severe. Severe. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> thanks, Sean Sheehan. Uh, Duke and Walk coming in off of his April debut win over Patrick Williams, the second round TKO KO. He is going to be taking on West Michigan native Cody Stamen. The other of the three Grand Valley alumni that are fighting on the card. Uh, Tony is fighting out of Sparta, Michigan from Grand Rapids. And he won a decision over Tarion Ware in his debut back in July. And I think that was actually kicking off at USC 213. That was on the prelims, right? Yeah, the prelims. The Bobby Knuckles, Yoel Romero fight. Okay, that's right. That's right. I, I was trying to figure out like if I had seen it before. I think I, 
didn't catch the fight, but saw the highlights of that one. Yeah, he fought. They fought on the on the uh, fight pass prelims. So yeah, that's right. So that's the fight. Yeah, so I wouldn't have seen the fight. This but. is a pretty. I mean, Cody Stamen looked really good in his debut, but as far as quality of fighters and stuff, this is a a big step up in competition for him. They both had the same record of fifteen and one. Uh, Tom has won no contest. Tom was a multi, you know, multi division champion in Bama. Forty seven. I mean, they did both in the forties when it comes to knockouts, and uh, Cody's got a forty seven percent decision rate. Stats are kind of equal. Tom's a little bit more accurate with his striking, landing 73.7% to Cody's 58.7. Uh, but Tom also absorbs more shots per minute. Uh, Cody's a really good wrestler, obviously, being uh, the wrestler from Grand Valley. So he averages about eight takedowns a fight with a 66% accuracy. Tom doesn't have any takedowns in the UFC. So he doesn't have stats. I'm gonna take Duganois in this fight. I want you know it's hard to pick against the West Michigan guy, but you also gotta dance with the date that you brought here. And I've been fucking waiting to dance with Tom since before he signed with the UFC. So I, I think Duganois probably knocks him out in the second round again. Yeah. Uh... I mean, I like I said, I only saw like a little bit of uh, of Stamen in his fight, and so I'm not overly familiar with him. Uh, Dukenwa, I did jump on the uh, jump on the bandwagon mainly because you had talked him up, and like you had said, there going back and watching some of his other fights and kind of getting a feel for him. I really did like what I saw from Dukenwa, so I do know more about him. So I, that's the only reason I'm going to ride with him. He's got the Jackson uh, advantage. I think, yeah, and that's striking. Um, I, like, yeah, like I, I feel like, like you said, I, I don't know if the like, second, third, I, I think he's going to get the TKO finish or KO finish, whichever one. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think Dukenwa, uh picks up the win and just continues, uh, continues forward. It's going to be interesting to see how he does. Um... If, if Stamen's able to get him, I'm get him down to the ground. If you can ground and pound. Yeah, him I was gonna say it'd be, it'd be interesting to see like if uh, if the ground game gets uh, gets brought into play for this fight. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, Tom's got to have some decent wrestling skills training at Jackson Wink, so get a little bit of uh, GSP in there. A little GSP. Well, I mean, you know, he's 135, 145-pounder, so he's probably trained with um, John Dotson. And, oh, yeah. Um, oh, I can't think of any 145-pounders from Jackson Wink off the top of my head right now. Diego at some point <laughs> when he was just disgusting. <laughs> I miss those days so much. No, not that, not that disgusting, Diego. Uh, so yeah, we're both both taking Tom in this one. Yeah, yeah. 
Ill Will Brooks is back, taking on the Carney Nick Lentz. Uh, Will had a so-so go of it so far here in the UFC. Is he one and one and two right now? Or no, he's two and two. He's batting five hundred. Okay. I kind of. I mean, if he would have won that Charles Oliveira fight, there was a really good chance he was gonna. I think that he could have. They could have gotten the fight with him and uh, Kevin because they kind of been going at it, jawing yeah. at each other. I mean, Kevin wanted to welcome into the UFC, so. Will Will not looking as impressive as you know a, a champion coming out of another organization should, but you know shit happens. Look at Lorenz Larkin. <clears throat> kind of kind of funny. You look at, I mean, Eddie Alvarez did eventually become the champion. Yeah. But you look at, but you take a look at like Will Brooks comes in, loses his first fight. Alvarez comes in, loses his. So everyone's like, you know, everyone jumped all over. Well, of course, UFC's talent is so much better than Bellator. Now Will won his first two fights. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, you are, you're right. He is one and two. They have a uh, dream in his record, so it threw me off. Uh, He is, he's one and two in the UFC, but he won his first fight. He lost his last two. Okay, I thought he lost his first one. No, he beat, he beat Pearson, but. Oh, was that the Pearson fight when uh, oh, yeah, when Pearson was celebrating uh, a win at the end of the second round? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yep, and then he yeah, uh, he lost in the third round TKO to to Alex Oliveira, and he got choked out in the first round by Charles. Uh, yeah, like I, I find it funny that everyone jumps over how um, – how bad UFC or how bad Bellator guys are when they jumped into UFC in the first couple fights, how unimpressive they were. And then you look at these guys that went from UFC over to Bellator and there's almost no difference in it. Except like Bellator guys. Are... Sorry. For Rory. Yeah. Rory's the only I mean, one. But you look, but yeah, but they, I mean, it's so funny that like Bellator has these guys that are like, I mean, like I, Brian Ellison, but he's a whole different breed. You look at guys like Benson Henderson jumping over there. Um, Lawrence Larkin, like it's just so funny. It, like it's it's actually kind of nice to see like an even keel between Bellator and UFC fighters. That healthy competition just makes the sport better. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh shit, Nick Lentz is coming off of a win, loss, lost to Islam. Yep, yep. Back at UFC 208. Before that, he was on a two-fight win streak with wins over Dana Castile and Michael McBride. So these are two guys that need a win. Need a win bad. This is going to probably be a really ugly fight. I hope Bilbo gets it. You hope Bilbo gets it? Is that what you said? I said I hope I hope Ill Will gets it. Oh, I thought you said I hope Bilbo gets it, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> That's what it sounded like in my headphones. I hope oh, yeah. I hope Ill Will gets it too. I want Will Brooks to to put some uh, shit yeah, together. Like, uh, it'd be nice to see, like, I mean, it'd be nice to see, like, the see him like be able to get those. Like you said, getting like, a Kevin Lee fight if Kevin does lose. Um, you can always go back. Was 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 Will Brooks the guy that was fighting when? Uh, Oliver missed weight. Or am I thinking it's someone different? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, Alex Oliveira missed weights, and then he lost, and that's when he was celebrating. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, a, a rematch with that for, for, for Will Brooks. Like, I was excited when he came over. Um, it hasn't been easy, like you said, getting, you know, TKO and submitted. Um, yeah, like, I mean, he we've all seen that he has the talent, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, it's just, it's just a matter, I think, of just... Just, just getting things in line and just going forward from there, really. Yep. I think I think this is a fight Will can win. I want Will to win. Hopefully he wins. Yeah. Uh, should also mention that the prelims are on FX this week, uh, not FS1, college football. Uh, yeah, the Michigan-Michigan State game starts at 7.30. Man, I'm going to be watching that at a bar. It's going to be fun. I like watching the Michigan-Michigan State game in the quiet of my home. Mostly just so I don't have to listen to Michigan fans. Yeah, but sometimes you get that game like a couple of years back when Michigan fans are celebrating and celebrating, and all of a sudden the place just goes completely silent. <laughs> that ruined Hank's movie premiere. <laughs> Hank's, uh, Hank's second movie he made called You Mad Bro. The premiere was that night, and I got to tell him that Michigan lost that game. Because that was still one of the greatest finishes to a game I've ever seen in my life. Oh, dude, like, I left my. I watched Michigan lose. I turned it off. I listened to that play happen in the car because I left to go like to go to the the premiere. I was already running late, and I watched the Michigan State's last drive, and whatever. And they had to punt, so I was like, fuck it, I'm out of here. So I, I, I'm driving, I turn the game on, and, you know, listen to the last couple plays, and then the, the blocked punt, and I was, like, parked and just in shock. So I walked in, Hank had left yeah. the bar that he was watching it at, and came in and was talking shit to me, and I was like, no, bro, they lost. Yeah, blocked punt, the guy picks it up, like, twirls around, tries to throw it, <laughs> fumble, pick up, touch, like, that was actually the... I had finished work, and that was the only play of the game that I saw. I got home maybe like – I think I turned the TV on like maybe two plays before, but the first play I actually sat down to see. I was like so pissed off. I was hoping for like just a kickoff return, like just something to shut them up, and that was even better than kickoff return. Yeah, except for when he dislocated his hip. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> Football. Yeah. End of the season. <laughs> Never really did much again after that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, second fight of the the prelims is going to be Lando Venata taking on Bobby Green. Um, Bobby Green is coming off of three losses in a row. Looking to rebound. Lando Venata also coming off a loss uh, recently to David Tame. Bobby Green. I might be wrong with this. So I yeah. think Bobby Green. Losing streak started right after his brother was murdered too. Ooh. I think I might be wrong with that, but I know that something had happened where his brother, I believe, was murdered, and then like just he came back and just wasn't really looking like the same kind of fighter. Outstanding, but um, I mean, I could be making that up, but I, was, I think it was at uh, I think it was at the. 
this being Rockhold 2 when they mentioned it. Huh. But, but yeah, like something like, he had to guess something something like, like some serious personal matter had happened and like he just didn't look like the same fighter after that. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Dempsey. <laughs> and then it turns out that I'm like completely wrong. I'm making this whole story up. <laughs> Uh, but, I'm gonna I'm grab. Yeah, I'm like, gonna go with Groovy. I'm gonna go with Groovy. I just want, like, I want to see one of the, another one of those brutal knockouts. Yeah. I mean, he almost. I mean, he almost uh, took away Ferguson's title fight. Sure did. Came real close. Came real close. If he hadn't just gotten up off the couch, that would have yeah. been, been the time. But opening up. The prelims, we're going to see the return of Pearl Gonzalez taking on Polano Botello. Uh, Botello is a shadow person. Pearl is a smoke show. Pearl is a smoke show. Kara, I love you. Uh, Botello doesn't even have a bio, so there's that. So, so that's a good sign going to her first, uh, her first real big fight. She's five and one with a hundred percent KO rate. That's about all I got oh. for you. I'm gonna pick Pearl. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Raphael's uh, Chicago girl. I, oh, she's so beautiful, and she's actually a good fighter, good submission artist. But she's really pretty. Yeah, I mean, I mean she look. I mean. In that Calvillo fight, Calvillo looked really good, but still also, like, Pearl's performance, and that was, like, I mean, I was high on Calvillo in that fight because of the performance against um, your girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that like, that was one of the reasons why I was so high on her going to that fight, but what Pearl, like, what she was able to do, like, um, get out of trouble, cause a little bit of chaos here and there throughout the, throughout the ground game, uh, really turned my head towards her, so I'm really hoping that she. Uh, I'm really hoping that she gets a good showing here, picks up a win. Yeah, I would like. I like. Would like good things for her. Ooh, Walt Harris. Ugh. Listen to that beer crack. Uh, so there are. It's been a day. <laughs> yeah, bro. Tell me about it. Uh, there's uh, going to be four fights. On the early prelims, we're not going to really talk about them, but we'll just breeze through them. Uh, Walt Harris and Mark Good or Mark Godbeer, uh, Joseph Moraga, and um, Magomed Bibilatov. That should actually be a pretty good fight. It's a good, good 125-pound fight. Oh, Talis Latis and Brad Tavares. And opening the prelims uh, that kick off at 6.15 is Marco Beltran and Matt Schnell. You said Matt Schnell was from the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, he was the uh, uh, the Tough 25 was the Demetrius Johnson Tournament Champions. He was a uh, champion from a former or from another, sorry, another pro- uh, promotion. Uh, who got his chance to win a win a shot at fighting Mighty Mouse, but uh, fell short. Nice. I think the one the one kind of fight that might be a little bit of a 
has the, I think has the potential of being a little bit of a sleeper is uh, that that Talos Latis um, Retovars fight. Yeah, that that is a bit of a sleep. I think that Muraga and uh, Bibliotov fight is going to be a sleeper. Yeah, there, I mean, there's some int- like there are definitely some fights that I mean we talked about it um, before before the mics went live um, when KGB went down. How they just kind of put someone else in there, as opposed to like, kind of like reshuffling some things. I would have probably like looking at some of these names. I would have moved a couple of those guys maybe off by passing on to the, um, the prelims. And move some other stuff around, but I agree because uh, I think Tavares and Latest can definitely get some eyes onto on that uh, on those on that pre, uh, prelim card. Moraga is a, is a name that people know. Um, putting them on fight pass, I don't know if it really does them justice, but I mean, it is what it is. There's still time, I guess, for things to happen. Yeah, they can still it. they can still shuffle stuff around, but I don't know. If anything, I can see. Either Brooks and Lentz or Gonzalez ending up on the main card, and yeah, uh, you know uh, the Romero Barella and and Ferreira. I wouldn't be mad switching. The, I wouldn't be mad switching the two uh, the two girls fights around. I'd like to see Pearl get another chance on the main card, be it the the first or second, whatever they want to do with it. Just I, I but. I think, like we talked about, the UFC's trying to get that um, that flyweight division up and running, and with the ultimate fighter going on now, now you have a couple girls who aren't on the show. You can put them onto a pay per view, kind of draw eyes to that division, kind of get that fire started. Oh yeah, they wanted to use that with KGB Lee for sure. Definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, I think that does it for the card. You know, anything else you want to talk about with it before we uh, get in the final thoughts and get the fuck up out? Yeah, um, not to get too deep, but I just wanted to uh, say I think the UFC did a phenomenal gesture earlier this week, uh, donating money to the victims of the unfortunate uh, incident in Vegas the other night. And also, uh, for Joe Rogan, for those of you who hadn't heard, is it going to be giving... Every dime he makes from his uh, comedy show Friday to the victims also. So, I mean, it's unfortunate that we live in a world where this stuff happens, but it's nice to see that that people can come together and and help other people out uh, in times like this. So, right. props, to, props to Joe Rogan for doing that and, and to the UFC. Absolutely. that's That was a really awesome gesture. I, I'd known about the UFC did not know about uh, Joe Rogan until you had brought it up before the show, so that's really cool um, in the light of, of the tragedy. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it. I don't really have any final thoughts. I don't know if you got anything else. Uh, you know, hug your loved ones. Yeah. Keep them in your hearts. You know, like... I mean, I'm not going to go into things, but I mean, with what happened, you know, in, in Edmonton here, what happened in Vegas, you know, there's things that you can't help, but then also life happens and uh, you never know when you're going to get the, like that phone call or you're not going to get that text or the, that, you know, things pop up all the time and it really makes you uh, look back at life. So 
Grab your loved ones, hold them tight, and always tell them that you love them. Well said, my friend. Well said. So we'll be back tomorrow night uh, to do some news and a topic discussion. And, uh, yeah, two episodes a week, man. We're getting back in. We're getting, the, it. we're getting into the horse. Doing we're getting some horse? What? No, we're not getting. I said we're getting on the horse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The fucking the beer with the stars is making you talk silly things. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no. You know what? Like, I, I love the fact that we we talked about doing this uh, since we became a since the the trio became a duo, and it took us a while for to get schedules to match up. But uh, you know, we we stuck through it. We figured it out, and. It's fun getting to do all these uh, little topic discussions and just new segments and, and cards. So, yeah, yeah, it's been fun. And our song played all the way out, so I'm just gonna <laughs> wait for it to start back up again, and then, <laughs> and then we can do the outro and get out of here. Come on, there it goes. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's been fun doing two episodes a week, and. Uh, Hopefully, you know, for the next pay-per-view, we'll both be able to watch it live so we can do another After the Bell. Well, I mean, the next pay-per-view is going to be uh, being GSP, so you know for a fact there's no way that either of us are missing that one. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely not missing that one. I have moved, because that's my birthday weekend, and I moved things around uh, and made sure I had no shows, and I've turned down... Not turned down, but I've I've decided to not go to fucking concerts that I would be kind of cool to go to, right? Uh, because right. of UFC two seventeen. So, <laughs> yeah. So we'll be back tomorrow night, and we're gonna have a topic discussion. Try to find some news for Ryan Dempsey. I'm Jeff Shanahan. We'll see you guys tomorrow night for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Pushing me around, but I